it's tough. It's tough to come up with the money each and every month to pay for these tolls for freight operators, let alone average punters taking the M5, the M4, the M2, uh, the tunnels. Oh, they go on and on, don't they? I mean, I stayed recently at my sister's up in the hills, travelled into the city. My goodness, you slugged everywhere, everywhere you go. <laughs> the M7, the M2, the Lane Cove Tunnel. And then, eventually, to get into the city, of course, the bridge, which at least is a decent price. Chris Minns, good morning to you, mate. Marcus, how are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, no wonder they call it Tollmania, and it's ongoing, and uh, this new uh, review into the number of heavy vehicles bypassing tolls, particularly down in the southwest, is not surprising in my mind. No, it's the toll road that ate Sydney. Sydney is the most tolled city on earth. And the government keeps saying, look, we need to put these tolls on because it's the only way to pay for infrastructure. But Marcus, the M5 will be paid off 15 times over by the end of the contract. So it's just not true. It's a privatisation agenda putting these public toll roads into private hands. And at the end of the day, we can't afford it anymore. It's just too expensive. No, and uh, look, if we can't afford it now, as these tolls go up 4% each and every quarter, or whatever it is, I can't even remember now, but, you know, as they continually increase every few months and every year upon year upon year, if it's costing somebody, on average, 30-odd dollars to get into the city from the Hills District every day, imagine what, that's today, imagine what it's going to cost in five years. Yeah, they keep signing these contracts with 4% increases in the toll. Now, that's double the rate of inflation. They keep doing it over and over again. It's not fair to the motorists of Sydney. And we've got this perverse situation where the government spent $4 billion, built two new tunnels, and surface traffic has actually increased as a result. Now, that's the opposite of what should be happening. It's the opposite of what was promised. We should be seeing... I thought the whole purpose of building toll roads and tunnels was to reduce surface traffic to give us back our surface roads. Yeah. But these are proving so expensive. And, you know, for truck drivers, I really want to make this point, I'm not blaming truck drivers at all. It's $20 each way on the M5, and that's just for one component of the toll road. Who can afford that? It's just too expensive. Well, absolutely. And as you and I both know, what happens eventually, uh, well, the truckies, they have to pay it up front first, but eventually it'll all trickle down into the cost of logistics, the cost of the supply chain, which ultimately will lead to higher prices for our fruit and our veggies and our meat and all of the services that are transported by the trucking industry because they'll increase their rates in order to meet that increased cost. So it's a, yeah, <laughs> ultimately... You're paying, for it in the, you're pay, paying for it in the supermarket. And look, as crazy as this sounds, Marcus, and I, you know, this is the thing that really makes my blood boil. At, at the moment, while we're all battling COVID and everybody's focused on that part of the COVID response, the government's in the process of trying to privatise the rest of West Connects. So we'll have a 100% privately owned toll road monopoly in the most tolled city on earth. We can't continue with this. That process needs to be stopped. Common sense has to start playing a part here because the ability to pay, particularly for Western Sydney families, isn't there anymore. It's just too expensive. No, that's right. Um, Chris, another issue. Um, I noticed uh, that you have started meeting with uh, local council members, be it mayors, uh, council representatives those elected in, you know, local government because, uh, well, the Premier 
I understand has, has met with business councils and all the rest of it, but not with local government areas, particularly those government areas of concern. And there's been, from my understanding, from what I've been told by a number of councillors who've contacted and mayors who've contacted my program, uh, the government's kind of left them out in the decision-making process. And there's not a lot of communication from the Premier's office to these local government areas. That's true, and and I met with the 12 uh, councils in the local government areas that are subject to these very tough restrictions. They've seen their economies battered and bruised, unemployment lift, businesses collapse. And look, we can understand that this is a national pandemic, that mistakes will be made, but one thing that there should be no excuse for is not communicating with these people. It's just too important. Uh, And we've got this situation where where Marcus, uh, the 12 local government areas, their mayors have contacted me and said, well, we'll meet with you instead. So, look, their message quite clearly was their communities are hurting, they're concerned about the lockdown, they're concerned about this idea of two Sydneys where there's different sets of rules for people that live in those local government areas. And we're of the view that something's got to give here. I see also the state government will significantly scale down its contact tracing as COVID-19 vax rates rise. Instead of relying on people being alerted via their smartphones... Uh, when they have been at a venue of concern. As the government continues to prepare for when we reach the 70% vaccination target, it's also moved to reward southwestern and western Sydney residents by ending the time restrictions this morning, of course, from 5 o'clock on outdoor exercise. What do you make of all these changes, mate? Yeah, look, it's understandable given the rising number of infections in the community that the contact tracism, it's what we've, what we've heard and what you've reported for a number of weeks. They're overwhelmed, and I think they're probably given into the reality of the circumstances. But it is important to get a, an accurate count on the daily number of infections in the community because that's really important in terms of working out what the stress and strain will be on our public hospital system in the coming months. So while I understand that uh, a different model has to be, uh, you know, pursued because it's being overwhelmed at the moment, we can't give up on an accurate figure for the daily infection rate because that is what the planners need to make plans for the coming months. It's just Mm. too important. You can't neglect it. Just one other point before I let you go, Chris. Thank you for your time. Um, You say that vaccinated citizens must have freedoms returned soon regardless of where they live. You've called for vaccination passports and mandatory vaccination in high-risk industries to stop longer lockdowns, more financial pain, children being kept out of classrooms and an Australia disconnected from the world, mate. Well, look, I, I have. And the reason for that is because we've been telling people, particularly in Western Sydney, in southwestern Sydney to get vaccinated now for the last 10 weeks. And they've done it in massive numbers. Millions of people have gone to, got to, gone to get their first jab. Some of them done it against, with, with concerns about uh, the, the vaccine and having listened to perhaps something on social media, but they put those concerns to one side to do it for their community. They've got to have those freedoms returned. We can't keep shifting the goalposts. And there needs to be a plan that can provide some hope the millions of people that live in Western Sydney that better days are ahead of us, Mark. Yep, absolutely. Uh, be nice if Parliament was back. <laughs> Crucial, but democracy is essential. We've got to keep pushing that point. Democracy <laughs> is essential. It needs to go back.